What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bailey Igra, and joined with me are my two co-hosts. We got a uh, Serious Angler team in the house tonight. We got Adam Deacon, Andrew Fole joining us, and uh, we have Mr. Joe LaBarbera joining us once again. He's back so soon. Yes. What's going on, boys? I, I'll go Go first. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Life Everyone, good, man. I got good. to fish with Andrew on set. Everyone at once. Encore. <laughs> good. Dude, I, I, got, I got to fish with the homie on Saturday. Like, I was dude, getting... like, okay, so I fished with him three weeks ago. And I was like, dang, like, Andrew's, like, super knowledgeable. But he, like, didn't pick up a stick that much. And, like, the bite wasn't as good because we were getting over all those rains. Like, dude. Like, all right. So, I'm going to make him feel bad because he naturally feels bad about this and he shouldn't. Andrew he roast. Yes. Like, it's not a roast though. It's not a roast. Like he literally, there was a time where like my buddy Justin and I, who like just got into this style of fishing that Andrew has been doing for quite a while. Like we were fly fishermen and I don't even think I want to call myself that anymore, but Andrew picks up the rod. And makes one cast through right where we were drifting. Yoink! Big in. Like, and he's just like, and he was standing like right next to my buddy Justin. And um, and Justin just looks at him like, you son of a. Like, <laughs> he's just, he's just stout, dude. And it's. Some guide you are, Andy. Well, I mean, well, we went on this like tour of like four creeks. One of which tore my waders to all hell you butthead did it um, well, that <laughs> mud fest you oh took god us to. hey, you wanted to see everything so i do yeah Showed you it all. <laughs> yeah but so but we were like dude like pick up a rod like fish more with us this time last time you just like showed us around and we're like a tour guide and like you know you answered all the questions we needed to know to like really cure our learning curve but this time i like like, I'm a visual learner anyway. I want to learn from, like, watching you slay. And, like, yeah, he slayed all right. Like, he made us look kind of bad at one point. Like, it was nuts. It, it was – he's – I cannot under – I, like, cannot – there's no way to oversell how good he is. It it was awesome. Like, Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to come for a ride in the Phoenix one day so I can – hand your ass back to you sometime but jesus like <laughs> we're gonna go somewhere that like you hate like we're gonna fish like 80 feet of water like something that you're not a huge fan of or something i don't know because i'm gonna well, need I, redemption of some kind i think that. i can say that there's not a body of water i think that andy hates well i'm gonna keep as far away from the docks as possible i don't, I don't fish docks <laughs> Okay, so there it is. We're a docks only. Go to a dock lake that's blowing 20 and only fish the the side of docks that's blowing on. And he will get so frustrated so fast. I'll just sit down and eat a snack. Like, have at it, buddy. Just done. I'll be like, get back up, dude, so I can talk more smack. All right, so really fast. You You said it, but I didn't want to cut you off. Andy and I had this discussion the other day, and I, I have a feeling like I'm in the wrong here. So we were we were talking about the right spelling of homie. Do you spell homie with an I-E or a Y? I-E? Okay, I'm probably in the wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I texted him. I was like, 
Dude. Are you like? I was like, are you slanging homie at me right now? Like yeah, straight what? up slang. Bailey. <laughs> yeah. I said I've spelled homie with a Y my entire life, and Andy's the first person that ever told me I was wrong. Why? Well, I, and I was like, no, like it, it's got to be like right. It's the same thing. At least, like um, I wasn't yeah. cool enough to say homie till I was like twenty five. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I never, I never thought of it as that. Yeah. So people already commented oh. homie with an IE. So yeah. I am, I am wrong. <laughs> I was like, is this guess, slang? Like, guess the, guess the ethnicity. Who's going to not get it, Bailey? <laughs> I blame my parents. My parents spelled with a Y. I blame my parents. Oh, so it's a Rochester thing. Got must it. Be. It must be Rochester versus Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's in our stream. Joe's, and Joe's John wrong. Oh, yeah, dude. Joe, uh, just so tell so me I'm wrong. Like, He's YouTubing it. Number one. Like, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> We'll just put it up there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> just so everyone's clear. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, gets two, Joe gets two votes. <laughs> yeah, Joe right. gets two votes. Well, I've accepted that I'm wrong here. Okay? <coughs> but uh, oh, so, man. fun show tonight we got planned because we're going to talk a little uh, late fall fishing, but we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff going down because there's some cool stuff going on in the fishing industry. Uh, this week's obviously Thanksgiving week, so I think a lot of people – uh, have an extreme case of the Mondays today, but it's not as bad because we only have like a three or four day week for some. Uh, so it's a nice relaxing night. We're going to kick back. We're going to talk fishing with the boys. And uh, it zero should be a, a week. Did you say zero week? I said I have no weekends. It's nice. Every day is a weekend for me. Look at you, Andy. <laughs> You're just taking people out fishing and catching all the fish. <laughs> no, I think Joe can attest to this, though. I did set my rod down quite a bit. Oh, yeah. And as soon as he picked it up, <laughs> put it down for half a second just to jack. No, sir, I, I think at one point I had it down for almost two hours. I don't, well, me, what, in the morning? No, when we were at Seaway after I stuck that one, I just set it down to try to get you and Justin a fish. Or me and you well, walked up What the killed creek. me is when when we went to the second creek, like, I don't know if you don't want me to say which one it was, but, like, you walked away, and I had a ton of drifts through that area. You, like, flip back in, and you're, like, drifting, drifting, drifting. Yoink! Biggest one that we caught at the creek in that hour and a half. I was like, mm. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. I just set the rod down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Deacon, what what are things like out in Colorado? I know here it's getting yeah. frigid. We have uh, low 40s water temps in most of our inland lakes. But uh, what are things out there in the west, dude? Man, it's been pretty mild to be honest with you. Um, we've had we had snow three or four days ago, maybe maybe a little sooner than that, um, and it was just a dusting and. Uh, it's still like fifties during the day and sunny, some sixties, like, and then it's Ooh. getting cold at night. You know, I mean, we're frosting every night in the twenties, but like, or like, I guess thirties probably, but like, it's, uh, it's still feels abnormally warm. <laughs> and, um, man, I, I haven't been on the water because, well, actually that's not true. I was on Lake Havasu and, uh, Mojave, but we blew. So, uh, my team partner's boat, we blew his motor. So that was super cool. Oh. My boat sold. So uh, I have I, I went deer hunting this last weekend. And then uh, before that, I was at Mojave. But we're borrowing a boat. Or if I get a boat in the next week, which there's one that may actually happen. But for the 
team championship in Alabama. So that's uh, that's what I'm focused on here. We leave December 3rd, I think. And um, yeah, oh, man. So it's, a, it's a time crunch to get a boat for. Yeah, if it's going to happen, like there's like two that I've considered and uh, one of them would be in route. And I sent the guy an offer yesterday. So like, <laughs> you would pick up your new boat on your way to the team championship. That's right, man. I mean, like, wow. like dude, like, totally risky. Like, uh, I mean, yes, like, I'm not going to be 100% set up how I want it to be set up. But, like, dude, I don't know. Like, boat's a boat. I, I can drive it. It'll be all right. That's, uh, does Living that make you nervous at all going into an event with a boat that you don't know? I mean, that's like a complete gear overhaul from like the truck to the boat and everything. Mm, I mean, <laughs> so here's the thing. I, I don't know. At some point, the more you fish tournaments, like, I don't understand it. Like, boats are not cars. They're just not reliable. Like, like even brand new ones. Like, I have, like, we have a running group of friends that like brand new boats. Like, oh, man, like, crap. Like, got to borrow a boat for some, for some reason because some <laughs> little thing broke, right? Well, like. I feel like if you fish enough tournaments, you are going to use additional boats. Like it's just going to happen. Like you're going to end up making a final day. Oh, not Joe. Apparently Joe just, yeah. Joe just never. Is... Joe just falls in the water. So his problems happen before he gets in the boat. Ah, uh, I see. <laughs> so then the boat doesn't have issues. The bad juju I mean, is gone. I, I, I don't agree, but that doesn't mean I'm right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, with you. I'm with you. I don't know. Um, have I, you ever had a situation where you borrowed a boat and then problems happen? No. I've only Johnston. <coughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's probably like the worst case scenario where I yeah, feel the worst about like not having it be your boat and something going wrong. And and it may be a little bit different too out here because our tournaments are so far away. But like, dude, there is like a group of guys, the guys that like are, are competitive and going and fishing Havasu and then fishing all the stuff east as well. Like, dude, they're leaving boats at places all the time. So they've got like a running like, okay, hey, like I'm going to run your boat here. You just drive it home when you're done with it. Like, because there's that, there's that much travel time. It's not like it's a three hour drive or a five hour drive. It's like, like for instance, okay, one of our buddies this last weekend, when fished the Havasu tournament, well, he qualified for that, the Johnny Morris deal, right? He flew in. He left his boat. He went and fished the Toyota Series Championship, left his boat there in Missouri, flew back here, fished the team tournament on Havasu, flew out of Arizona back to grab his boat. So he like that situation happens a lot because we're not close to anything. The guys that are competitive, they're going to go to other places. Well, like that's what Boomer does too. His boat's at Burgess or it's all right. over. Sure. That makes sense. Well, before we get into some late fall fishing, uh, I'm assuming ever all, I'm assuming you guys all seen it, but for the folks that may have not seen it or tuning into this thing, uh, the winner of the Bass Pro Shops uh, U.S. Open was Tucker Smith and Logan Parks, which Tucker Smith almost just won the classic bracket for college fishing. And I think he, he, he was like Academy's like, star child for the classic, like leading the guys out and everything. The kid, those two won a million dollars, a Tundra and a Nitro each. Talk about having a hell of a year. That's, I mean, I mean, I want to go around the table here. Like 
What do you think a 20 and 21 year old are going to do with $500,000? Strip club. (laughs) (laughs) Straight to the club. I guess it's a uh, not so serious episode tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad somebody said it first. I mean, I don't know. I was 21. I would have made bad choices. I I hope, honestly, I hope they. I mean, I know what I would do now as a 35-year-old is much different than what I would have done as a 21-year-old. Right. Um, my priorities and my, like, fiscal and financial responsibilities are just prioritized way differently. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, if I could pay off half this house, own my truck and boat, like, dude, I'd, I'd dump a, I would have dumped a bunch into Bitcoin or something now, you know? Yeah. But, like, you know, Shiba, like, but... uh I don't know. I, I hope that they, <laughs> but that yeah. I, you guys I see that comment. Oh, yeah. You always going to say anything. <laughs> so, so our buddy I'm Andrew Hayes from Tackle Talk podcast said they 100% went to Johnny Morris and said, yeah, we're going to need this in ones. My guy. <laughs> That's baller. <laughs> um, Andy, you're on mute. <laughs> you dummy. I want five suitcases full of ones each, so <laughs> yeah. ten total. Yeah. <laughs> Let's party. <laughs> I, I just well, I hope they build themselves. Have you guys ever seen The Gambler with uh, Mark Wahlberg? Mm-hmm. I hope they build themselves a fortress of f and solitude. You know, <laughs> like I, you remember when he goes to get the money from uh, Roseanne's husband? What's that actor's name? The big no guy. Idea. I know what you're talking about. And he talks about it. He's like, dude, every every idiot knows what to do if you're two and a half million dollars up. You get you, you know, and he, he goes through all and it, some of it's really inappropriate for me to say on your show, but he says what he should buy. And he's like, and that's your fortress of F and solitude. So that for the rest of your life, you're in a position to tell everyone to go away, basically. Again, rephrasing due to inappropriateness, but like it's it's a great a great great motto for life and them being that far ahead john goodman yeah there we go thanks ryan like john like john states life facts and i hope like maybe i should dm those two guys and be like just watch this take the advice like it's a great four minute youtube clip i watch it like maybe like twice or three times a year like Oh yeah, it, they need to take that advice. Do you think this is like the best start to a career that any? I guess I can't really. You can't really call them pros yet. Well, I guess you can because the amount of winnings they have. But like for two people or someone trying to start a career in professional bass fishing, is this the best start that anyone's ever had, at least money wise? Oh yeah, absolutely. You got to think about. It. They got a truck, a boat, and five hundred grand cash, right? And then they win that. How many sponsors are going to be like, you guys won the U.S. Open. You can't fish it again or whatever the Johnny Morris deal was. We're going to give you more money because now you're the face of the world of Johnny Morris for winning this tournament for the next year or two. I didn't even think about that. They can't fish it next year. Nope. Oh, no, no, they're done. And if it's going to happen next year, first of I'm curious to see if it's going to happen next year. I mean, I'm I'm hoping it it does, but there's no. I haven't heard anything, and I asked some people that were there that were they're like, they say they're going to do it next year. Come on, it's yeah. Johnny Morris. Yeah. He's got endless amounts of money. 
they it will happen. It will be even bigger. I bet you they're just in the planning stages. Because last year it didn't get announced until like April, May. I feel like. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Dead on the tackle talk podcast. They, uh, I mean, the payout on that thing was crazy. It was deep too. It was not just a million take all. Like there was a there was a deep payout. And uh, in regards to Bailey, what you're saying as far as like a springboard, man. I mean, you can't beat it as far as like giving yourself a solid runway. Like you've got what five years make it happen. Like five years uh, and a truck and a boat and everything to go. The difference is, I will say say this, and I don't know. Like just following Tucker Smith and um uh what's what's the it's Tucker and then Logan. Uh, Logan Parks, right? So like dude, I mean those guys have already had such a storied career in high school. I mean, like those guys ha- already have some I'm assuming, especially the way that I've seen how like Tucker's represented himself, seems like some sponsorship deals that are already lined up and in place with Academy. Like, I mean yep. some some big names. So like I think they're already like they already kind of had things rocking and rolling to to really make a, a shot at this, and this definitely gives you a real locked in chance. Yeah, I totally forgot about the high school aspect too. I mean, they they already have a brand established, and this is only gonna like put some steroids on it and send it to the moon. I feel like uh, if they do it right, if they play their cards right with the money that they just come into, is one say goodbye to any you know, worry about student loans Two, they're 20 and 21 years old. So they're probably still living with their parents. So that gives them cost aside. So that gives them say, say they don't have any of their student loans paid off. They don't have uh, a scholarship from Auburn to fish. Like say maybe at max, right. As a hundred grand on student loans, you're still a 400 grand that you can put forth to. I think you're looking at this all wrong, Bailey. All right. Hit me. So, like, here's how I look at it, is these boys will not have to work for the next five years. Just pay your student loans off whatever the minimum is and create content like a crazy person because you can. And now they get to choose like, come on, like they're basically going to get to choose what brands they want to work for. And they may have to take less money to work for the brands they want to work for. But that gives them five solid years to qualify and only create content. Someone will pay them the income or or collectively their sponsors will pay them the income that they need to continue it after five years. These guys are never going to work a day in their lives outside the fishing industry ever again. Plain and simple. Dude, if I had, if I had half a million dollars right now, I'd, I'd, dude, if I had a hundred grand right now, I'd never work a day again. I guarantee it. You because you can never put yourself in a position to create. And that's what gets 100 grand you get for, 2 years. What's up? 100 grand you get 2 years if you make a 50 grand salary. But I'm saying you should be able to create a with the business they already have established and their past. They'll have no trouble creating con- income from the content they'll create with for and with their sponsors. They're not going to have to ever work again. Like they're so far ahead. They're not going to a real job like me or like Andrew went to the bank, you know, like it ain't happening. Like, cause they will be content creators no matter what forever. They're if that's, I mean, if that's what they want to do, I mean, right. Like we're like, we're assuming that these guys are trying to go pro and, and do that. But like, man, like there's some people <laughs> out there that there's, there's some successful anglers that stepped away to go make 
way more money than they ever could in the fishing industry. Yeah, right? yeah, you're right. I don't understand I mean, what what's wrong with them. But <laughs> you know, what I, I think if they're smart, if they're smart, and maybe you know, I could still be wrong here. So feel free to let me know if I'm wrong or if you think I'm wrong. Like, I think it, the smartest thing for them to do, if you're thinking long term, is because I, I think Tucker was a freshman in college this year. I think Logan. Yeah, they got they Logan got a, just graduated. They got a lot did of Logan, time. Did Logan graduate? <laughs> oh no, dude! They're both they're both the same age. I think. I oh. think one's twenty one, the other one's twenty. Yeah, they're both. Oh, yeah. freshmen then. That's oh yeah. Uh, but so what I'm thinking is, one that money right there is you can get every you can pay off school without any interest. I think you remain in school, you get your degree, and I think you have all that money that you can there set forth, not have a worry in the back of your mind, and you can go through the opens and try to make the elite series if that's what they're trying to do. But that way, if you screw up, you still have money that you can have left over, and you have a degree that you can fall back on. What's a degree anymore? The dreams. What's a degree anymore? Dude, there's a, there's a lot of ways I think to go to go through this as far as what they could do. I think if their goal is to to make it to the highest level, hey, what's up, dude? Um, to make it to the highest level, uh, I think I think you can throw that money in there. I mean, but you got to also look at this too, Bailey. Like, I mean, I don't want to get way deep into the numbers here, but like you can you can delay student loans uh, and still be paying your minimum and still walk away paying the same amount of interest that you would have been further down the road. I mean, there's some student loan programs that are one and a half, two and a half percent. I mean, what about looking at this the opposite way and say, okay, just throw this, throw this money in the stock market and not. Yeah, that is bad. But like, like, it's going to suck. Like, I mean, dude, let's say at 8%, 8% return and a S and P 500, 7% return. I mean, on 50, or if it was on a million bucks, it'd be 80 grand a year, 70 grand a year. You're done. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that it's, there's a lot more that goes into that in a family and making a lot more money, but. So what do you think? And they just completely did like what Paul's saying down here. You think they just completely ditch college and go right up into the open? I would. I, I think that's a total, totally valid option. I went to college for six years and I'm saying don't go to college. I I think, uh, yeah, I think that whole, the whole. And, unless they're really like Deacon said before, really set on a certain path in life already and fishing was just going to be very secondary you know like doctor attorney veterinarian Lawyer, i don't sure. know like, a, a, yeah a profession a profession that is a, a very that requires more than a bachelor's degree yeah, yeah. i i do i'm with you yeah i think leave i would do it i'd leave so instead of go to school go to the school of the opens if they're fishing for a career is their goal and and just like content supplement the deals so you're and they'll probably still be making an income like very and if they decide they want to go a different direction <clears throat> later go but strike while the iron's hot yeah rock and roll i mean and, and the, this is the whole like you can bring in the whole college fishing debate and i don't i don't know how much auburn um pays for things and all all that sort of a thing but like man dude I think that that uh it'd be interesting to to follow what they'll do the next couple of years it'll be cool to see if they drop out they stay in school fishy opens while in school we've seen that before we've seen some college anglers be towards the end of their college and they are able to fish all the opens and fish the college tournaments do we know what talk show they're going to be on first probably Probably 
But, but sidebar, now they're the most recognized college name possibly in college fishing history besides, like, what, the Lees and a couple of the other guys that are in the Leeds Huff. and FLWs, right? Huff, yeah. Now Auburn's going to turn around and be like, all right, yeah, you're going to bring us all this publicity. We're going to waive all of your tuition. You're going to come to school for free yeah. if they're not already. No, but just hear me out. We're going to allow you to ride the Auburn boat, and we're going to throw your open fees in the mix, too, because it's a big SEC school with a ton of money to go around. And all of a sudden, now they have a free ride through the opens for the college because they could use it as a promotional swing that way, too. I'll be honest. I think a school like – I think if they're at Bethel, maybe. But I think a school like Auburn doesn't give a damn about a college angler. They care about their football team, and that's all they care about. I think you'd be surprised with Auburn. I, I think that they're starting to do like some some content and a bunch of stuff that Auburn that maybe there is some actual stuff coming, but I'm more with Bailey on this. Like from my experience, and this was again in 20, 2018 when I graduated college, like it, it was a different time, but the small schools is where the money was at in college fishing. And those big schools, you are fundraising all on your own. Auburn, Texas AM, like any of the any of the big schools that had good teams too, they still were were paying for themselves. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I don't see a Auburn. I think they do something like social media wise to congratulate him, but like, I don't see them making an effort and trying to keep them at school. Yeah. I think if fishing is like, if they want to fish professionally, if they want to say go the elites or MLF, whichever Avenue they want to go down. I think at first saying go to the degree, I think, you know, Joe, you did make a, a point there. That's something I've actually said in the past few years. It's like, what does a degree mean anymore? Uh, I, I do think, you know, taking your, your gambling and going to the opens is, I think it could be smart depending on how you do it though, because just, I, I mean, let's just put it out there. I mean, not, there's not many Jordan Lees in, in this world, especially in fishing. So like to be able to like take Tucker's timeline and obviously we're, we're trying to get them on the show eventually so we can really like get it from him versus us trying to put in perspective. Speculating, yeah. If they do. Yeah, right. I, uh, but like he's just out of high school, a freshman in college. To make that jump is not only challenging, and I think maybe fishing skills, he could probably make it in a couple of years. I'm with you. But, but you got to think of it almost from a life perspective. He didn't even – he barely got a chance to adjust to college life already. And now he's already leaving, would leave college and going on to basically being a full-time adult and trying to fish for a living. And that's basically his career for the rest of his life. That's a, that's a big leap. I mean, especially for a kid his age. I say that younger than us. But I, like, it's I think it's less of a leap than it would be for somebody like me who's 35 years old because these kids are flexible, man. Like kids are resilient. They can sleep in their truck. I am not sleeping in my tundra. It's not oh, happening. I slept in the Ford all week last week just on the, the Ford suites. How old are you? I'm brutal. I'm 25, almost 26. Dude, be 32. Like <laughs> somewhere between like 29 and 32, I'm telling you, dude. Oh. It changes. I'll sleep in the truck for one night. That is it. Yeah, one like night makes it easy. So, so Bailey, I'm, I'm with Joe on this as far as the flexibility. Here's but more of my thought process, okay? Like the, especially like – we talk about the 10 percenters or, or Kurt Dove and I last week had a great conversation on the 10 percenters, the, like the Brandon Polonics, the Justin Lucases, like those guys, like, okay. I would argue that 
these guys' track record is very close to that. I mean, we're talking those those high school nationals are big boat tournaments, and to win three of them, like that's crazy, man. And to almost make it in the college bracket in the college in your first year doing it, almost go to the like. I'm just saying, like, there's there's a skill level there that is that is definitely there. And I mean, they've been groomed. Like, I mean, dude, Tucker's like you see posts of fishing with all kinds of pros around Alabama, right? I mean, like, and and there's been a process through this whole thing, which is awesome. And like, I don't, I just don't think that like they're already fishing enough tournaments through high school and college. They get it that I think, uh, jumping to fishing the opens. Yes. There's some more tournament fishing and then more adulting going into that. But like, <coughs> I mean, they're already, they know what it's like fishing tournaments is what I'm saying, I guess at this point. Yeah, that's fair. I, I was, I wasn't saying as like, they couldn't adjust to that style. I mean, more like just as a lifestyle, like outside of fishing being able to make that, that change. Cause that's like, that's yeah. not some small change for a kid their age. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to look at like their personal demographics. Are they living at home still? Are they living in an apartment off campus? Like what kind of living conditions are they in currently? And then you can maybe adjust and see how they would adapt. If they're living at home and like say their parents live in Auburn, Alabama, and they're living at home. That would be a huge difference for them to fish the opens. But if they're at college living the dorm life or on an apartment, they're by themselves and self-sustaining, it wouldn't be that much of a difference. You're just dra- you're just driving and learning how to make hotel accommodations or sleeping in the Ford suites or Tundra suites. So Yeah, yeah I mean be, I think let's be real honest, these guys each have a half a million dollars. Their girlfriend is going to make those reservations from now yeah. on. <laughs> and if they don't have a girlfriend, girlfriend they got five. That's a lot. That's a lot. You know, yeah. like, just saying. Uh, that's funny. Here's where the suitcase <laughs> of boys. ones comes into play again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really that's I, I think for both of them, like, especially like a Tucker Smith, the resume you already have in support of like what Deacon's been saying, like the resume he already has at his stage to then like, say if he went and maybe went to the opens and made it in the first year or two, and then who knows what he could do at the next level. You could almost make an argument for the greatest start by an angler ever. Star man. I mean, like, like look at like Although, a, like a Polinick who was very young, right? Like, yeah. Like, I mean, what, 19 fishing stuff. And, and like the difference was, is there was no money involved, right? Now you have a runway. Which is yeah. Crazy. And then, but I will also say, cause there is an asterisk there in that a lot of the legends nowadays didn't have the same opportunities that a Tucker Smith and a Logan Parks had. Like there was no high school fishing. There was no college fishing. Uh, it was basically, if you chose to go fishing, you had to go right to the pros and, there was no other avenue to make the like if they if it was you wouldn't know we would not know who Tucker Smith and Logan Parks were if it weren't for high school fishing and college fishing. So I, I, it's it's hard to make that comparison, I guess. If like I think me saying me saying that the greatest start in history needs to come with that asterisk of there wasn't that you know what 10, 15 years ago. But I'm also gonna ask you this, Joe, being that you fished the opens for a few years. Uh, like, oh, it was only your first year? Hmm? You're a BFL guy before that, right? Yeah, those trophies are 
See those Somewhere. up there, baby? Be a Phil son. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I like it, Joe. So, like, okay. With $500,000, say they have no debt right now. Mm-hmm. They have this. Take one year of opens expenses mm-hmm. in just in a general standpoint. How many years with what they just made? You know, taxes aside, because that's all math that I'm not good at. Uh, but, like, how many years could they fish the opens with what they just had? All nine we're um, talking, right? Say, say, let's say all nine. What do you think? I mean, they – see, here's the thing. I, 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 The way I'm going to say this is as many as they want because in doing so, they should be able to build a business with that nest egg that they could fish them as long as they want. I, I mean, it's it, they have the runway like Deke said. They're, they could fit, they could be, oh man, I almost said somebody's name who I know has been fishing them for like as long as they've been around. I don't want to, I don't want anybody to be mad that I <laughs> felt like I called them out, but like there are people out there who's been fishing them as long as there's opens. And like, these guys can do that. Like they can put themselves, if their goal is to also build a self-sustaining business with as with any business if you start with a nest egg like that you can have whatever you want like you can stretch it like it it just they have to choose a business model that they like they have to be able to balance business and competitive fishing and and they just have to decide what their goals are but they could possibly fish for 35 years i have no doubt starting dude if you gave me 100 grand right now I could fish the opens for the rest of my career and I don't think I'd ever have to worry about it ever again. If I had a hundred grand right now. All right. Joe, I'm I, coming at you. Question. I'm coming at you with that. Go ahead, Andy. Oh, how much is the open entry fee for a boater? It's roughly 1800. 1800. Okay. That's so 16 you. grand for all nine. <laughs> accountant Andy is kicking back. In. <laughs> so, so we got accountant in the background. It's 16 grand for all. <laughs> so nine. Joe, Joe, with that statement of, okay, if you gave me a hundred dollars, I could build a business to sustainably fish the opens for the rest of my life. Why wouldn't you take a year, two years off of fishing, save a hundred grand and then fish in the rest of your life? Wait, why would you take a year or two years off? Why wouldn't you take a year or two off of fishing, work your tail off, and make a hundred k, and then fish them the rest of your life? If you're saying, like, I'm just, I'm just out of curiosity by saying, you're saying, look, if I, if you gave me a hundred grand, because I'll never profit a hundred grand in my life. Like all of my expenses won't, I won't net a hundred grand in two years. Like, dude, I, I make, I make like forty grand a year. We'll, we'll just sponsor you on the Serious Angler podcast. We'll give you a hundred grand. We got a hundred lined up, and you're set. <laughs> you're so. set to go. Yeah, no, I mean, like, but you have to think, like, like with what I've created, the lifestyle I've created, like, I don't net a hundred. Like, but if yeah. I could, if I had a hundred, like, like in dodgeball when uh, when what's his face walks in and offers Vince Vaughn a hundred grand, like in that tiny suit or the big suitcase and he opens it up. It's just a tiny little stack of bills. Like if I had that, I, I really, I, I don't, I don't think I would have trouble creating something self-sustaining because like, even if I took deals that maybe weren't the most lucrative, but I knew they were with businesses that would be long-term family like environments 
even if it was a big corporate business, but it had a family feel like, I feel like I could build something that was self-sustaining for as long as I wasn't finishing 225th every tournament, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, and I think, I think it puts you in a position where you can go after non-endemics and you can go after a lot of the things that you need to start cutting checks from YouTube as many of us would all love to be doing, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, if that's the business model they want to go with, they are plenty far ahead if they want to be content creators and hopeful future professionals. Yeah. I think if they do that, they need to do it now while the strike while the iron's hot and yep. they're fresh and they're, you know, the talk of the industry. Yeah. While they're but the name. Yeah. I, I know we wanted to talk for a while on late fall fishing. I promise we are getting there eventually. Uh, but I wanted to, before you go, Andy, I wanted to play devil's advocate so that someone could. I don't mean it, and I think that there's a 1% chance that this could happen to them. But in in sake of giving us perspective, say they go to the Opens, they're going to get sponsored because of what they've done so far in their careers. But say they just can't find any success in the Opens, and they keep flunking and flunking. Like I say, it's, it's most likely not going to happen, but I'm playing the- those. I think I feel like if they don't play the business side right, those companies will leave and they're just going to run out of money and not have a backup plan. What, 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 what would you, I mean, I feel like you need to have some sort of fallback, even with that amount of money. Oh, that's not life-changing money. In my opinion, that's not, that's not life. That's not set you up for the rest of your life as far as if you don't use it. Yeah. It's a temporary, like you need to build on that. Like if you're going to like do this, full time and have a family and like like I think you're going to need to build but I agree like I think that it makes sense like right now you are the talk right like you are the talk of bass fishing for this this time period like I think it's worth worth pushing right now and and pushing yeah. with 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 content with tournament fishing with everything you can do make the most wake you can now while you're in front of everybody mm-hmm. well, can't, well the lights are on make hay yeah what were you going to say, Andy, before I cut you off? So I did a little accounting method. Let's say they pay 30% of taxes on the 500 grand in the truck and boat. So it's 150 grand, right? So I have $350,000. Entry fees are $1,800 a tournament. So <clears throat> that means they will have 21.6 years to fish the opens <laughs> that have a shot at the Elite Series if they spent all that money on fishing. That's Maybe the odds ever be in your favor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that they they walk out gross profiting three hundred and fifty k after taxes. <laughs> I and... can see the salt through Joe's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they get twenty one years of free fishing money. To... I'm just very business oriented. So to me, like I think of what they can even if they're in the red every year, a couple thousand. There isn't a reason that they can't produce a very similar income as what's going out. So like, I, I really believe that. Like, I mean, maybe these guys won't have a savings account. Maybe they're not going to drop 50 K on the 20% down. They need for their mortgage on two blocks from like Gunnersville, but they, they can make, they can build this. If that's the dream, like, it's I, I I believe they can build this. I really do. I mean, so possible. I'll say this too. Like, I have a house that I own. Like, 
I, 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 I own my truck too. Like it's paid off. Like the only thing I'm paying off is my boat. So a hundred grand to me may equal more like 250 to them right now. Like, like I'm, I'm still paying a mortgage, but like the 20% down on a home, like Andrew, do you own your home? So, you know, like if you don't pay PMI down on your house, like, and you don't want to make that extra oh, 80 to 200, 200 bucks a month payment. Yep. Like if you, you have to put 20% down. So like, I am a little more ahead as an established 35 year old adult than these guys. So like maybe what, a, what would help me is a hundred is more like two or two fifty for those guys. So like, you know, but I do, they have a half a million dollars. Like yeah. they're going to walk away with three fifty plus a boat and truck. Like, they should yeah. be able with the guidance of a family member or a professor or someone should be able like, dude, Gerald, let's be honest. Like Steve Kennedy is not going to let these guys go hanging. If they go, Steve, how have you built this business? You have like five sponsors, like help me out here. Like, oh, they got one. He has Steve one has sponsor. sponsors. Yeah, I know, right? sponsors. Like, Power pole, bass cat, and maybe Lawrence. Lawrence, no, Lawrence just sends him like he's straight up said that before publicly. He's like, yeah, Lawrence, like I don't do anything for him, but they like me, so they send me graphs. But like, I don't, they don't. They yeah, just that's he's a, lithium <laughs> the product sponsor. Oh, yeah. he does have lithium pros. He does. Yeah, I yeah. I see Steve at the classic. Uh, I've seen him there on day threes before working. The he booth. still uses like 15, 20 year old Corrados and Kisslers. Oh yeah. Mm. like og kisslers oh dude so i I love that dude i know he's the best but like all all it would take it and steve's the kind of guy who like and if these guys ever ever see the recording of this like if they can't figure out like if they're at all on path with like what i'm saying like i'm sure they can just ask steve and he will teach them his ways because that's what happened to steve steve got into a good winning early on in his career and and since then he's been like paving his own road man so i'm sure he could give them some very good guidance in business that's a good yeah. point dude that you make joe uh as far as a big win early like i think yeah. uh i think uh i think i was listening to this i think josh Beertrand on sir on the um uh, angler's happy hour podcast was talking about like the names of like when you all those those big names that really stuck around in this sport like winning is everything, right? Like it is such a no- notoriety in this, in this game. And uh, like when you get to that in an early stage in your career, it really helps because it is a grind. Like salivating when you say it. <laughs> then you look at a guy like Bill Lowen that never won a big Bassmaster event till last year. Impressive. Freaking impressive to survive that long. Yeah. I mean, realistically, like that is awesome. Well, that's why they called him what it was cash dollar or dollar bill Owen. Dollar bill, yeah, he's always cashing checks, man. Yeah, he doesn't. And mess that, up. And that's the only other way is to be always close to a win. Or you do what people like Kurt Dove have done. If you guys haven't watched the episode on Deacon's podcast, you need to. You, you got to build a business. Look or at like guys like Overnight, as far as I know, has never won a five-figure turn. Oh wait, no, he did win that big bass bash, didn't he? Who? Ollie. Yeah, oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he like did. Missouri. But up to then, he never had won like a five-figure tournament. And uh, 
had had a pretty impressive career for like seven years of making YouTube videos up till then. So like there are ways to run a successful business, catch up on some of Deacon's podcasts. You're this way. You're, you're the other way. (laughs) Oh, I do that crap all the time. You're, this you're, is the best, but on the serious thing, the podcast on my stream, but here in in the recording, but like, yeah, dude, there are ways it can be done. Like, oh yeah, it, it can definitely be done. Yeah. So I think unless anyone has any other comment, we should, uh, you know, move into uh, some late fall fishing, early winter fishing here. <laughs> uh, I do want to answer one thing really fast because I do think it's actually really interesting. Yeah, especially when it clicks. Um, so I posted on social tonight, but I did finally eventually end up breaking my PB smallmouth yesterday with a six pounds, 10 ounce uh, beast. Monster, dude. Uh, I will say, and Andrew's, I think Andrew's witnessed like four of them, but like I have tied my previous PB of 514 nine different times. So like, the sixth through the ninth time, I was just losing my mind. Like, I would get mad like, when they would, the scale would say 514. <laughs> uh, but th- so this is how I caught him. We were making a drift in the Great Lakes. Wind was turning. It, it was not nice out. It was like four footers, so it was rocking a little bit. We are doing the same thing, drop shotting a flatworm. My buddy Jeff Hipper was dragging his, keeping bottom contact, always moving. And when I were... When I started experimenting because we couldn't get bit and we'd see fish on the graph, I started experimenting with when you felt either felt rock or shoal or uh, you see fish on the graph, I would open my bail and let that bait dead stick for like 10 seconds. And then I'd open or close and I'd start reeling in and it'd be there. And I I started doing that more and more whenever I feel high percentage areas or see fish. And that was the ticket. And And I felt bad for Jeff. Because he kept dragging with a tight line. We, we started experimenting. As soon as he started giving his line slack when those fish were around, he started catching fish. And that was the deal. That was the craziest thing to me was figuring Isn't out. that freaking nuts? Yeah. Dude, that is awesome, man. And you congrats on blowing blowing it out of the water. I mean, dude, going from a 514 to a 610, that's not just like, oh, I, I got a cracked six. Yeah. six. Here's the the, the, here's the really funny part of the, like, the whole story oh, behind it. So great. When I first put it on the scale, actually, it started, it bounced right at 614, and my heart like dropped because I thought there was a chance it was going to go up. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, I was like, skip six, let's go right to seven. But yeah. no, like, we were catching a bunch of them. They're like Holy three pounders, like over and over again. And uh, Jeff, I was showing him the new Abu Xenon reel, which is like their new $500 spinning reel. And I ha- didn't realize how much line I had out for this fish. So when I set the hook in it, I'm like, oh, it's another three, four pounder. Like Jeff was asking about the reel. I'm like, just try it. Like, just just feel what the drag feels like. He puts the rod in his hand and he goes, oh, this ain't that bad. Well, thing comes up and jumps like 50 yards out. And I'm like, give that rod back right now. Like I'm fighting for it back. And we land it and we're laughing because like we were toying around with this fish. And Jeff's like, oh, it's like a five and a half pounder. I'm like, this might be pushing six, man. I don't know. And we put on the scale. I'm like Jeff, it's a six ten, and we just like kind of lost our minds. It was just, it was just funny because so, just, so man. wait, so you don't have all the credit for landing? I, no, I Jeff has say anything, bro. My TV. Jeff, I don't want to say anything, but that is also what I'm picking up on. <laughs> I, I said it. I told him like that was a team fish. Like I don't. I, you have five percent, five ten percent of my TV. 
Sounds so like it's time to subtract that. Ten percent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, let's do the math here. What kills me though is you're actually have an ounce higher than my smallmouth personal best now. So with that five percent deduction, I, I still got you. Well, Joe, all I'm gonna say is if you would we'll just sack up and just fish the fall, you'd be fine. You probably have it beat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. I'm I'm not. Uh, I I fish actually. I do fish in. The you just fall. let Andy just um, womp on you in the streams. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Well, let me just say this: if I would have fished all day, it could have been worse. But I would have felt really bad. I don't know if I would have caught anything. You would have taken them all out of the creek. Like, it was unbelievable. Well, I was telling Justin, your buddy that was with us, our buddy, I love Justin. He's funny as can be. I was like, glasses make, like, polarized sunglasses make a world of difference. Oh, he wore no glasses, like, yeah. all day. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, That'd be, like, strain on my eyes. Like, the creek we fished last, like, you can make a pinpoint cast and drift it through there perfectly just by yeah. seeing the bottom. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, dude, as early as I can put on, I on sunglasses in the morning. They go on. Like, yeah, I I that's where I love my Hobie Sightmaster Pluses because they go on like right at first light, so I can still see. Yeah, shameless plug. Yeah, shameless plug. I mean, uh, dude, I I think uh, I think just the best glasses in the game. Whatever anybody decides are right for them when. Uh, when you figure out a good lens combination, even if it means wearing two different pairs in a day. Andy's just whomping on his guide clients, taking all their fish. <laughs> Andy, we get why he got into guiding. It's to just eat everything. Andy gets a two stars because he just takes everyone's Yeah, food. I know. Right? We actually didn't catch any, but Andy got the crap out of him. So, advisory warning. If you say you want me to fish with you, <laughs> you I just, asked for it. Ready to get your feelings I just experiment hurt. until I figure out what's going. And I always offer. I'm like, here, you want to throw this, and I'll pick up something else and just keep cracking up. Like, Weird. Andy keeps catching up. <laughs> <laughs> he gives me a different rod. No, there's, there, dude. It's so much more intricate than the fishing that we do for for bass. It's insane. Like, and his yeah. knowledge is is a one. It's it's. It's incredible. I, I can't speak highly enough of what that guy does, guys. He's he's insane. Yeah, and, and Andy, I will say I have to apologize to Justin because he sent me a message on Facebook at like 4 p.m. on Saturday evening and asked if I wanted to go steelhead fishing. And I was like, I might take you up on that. I'll let you know after dinner. And after dinner, I forget about it. And Jeff texts me to go out on Erie on Sunday. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And I completely forgot until I'm driving home on Sunday after that day that I'm like, oh, my God, I never got back to Justin. And I was like, I'm sorry for not getting back to you, but I promise it was worth it. Yeah. He um he ended up getting a guide trip on the stream Saturday, so it worked out. Oh, cool. Good, yeah. for, good for Justin. Yeah. But, so. all right, let's actually dive into some late fall fishing here. And I think the one that I'm most intrigued by because Joe's a slacker and doesn't fish in the fall for bass We'll, we'll get to your fishing a little bit, Joe. I, I'm most intrigued about what goes on out by your area, Adam, this time of year. Like, what yeah. do your water temps usually look like? What's the fishing like? Is it better, kind of like us, where things turn on in the fall? Or does it get tough, like some people say it does in the south? Dude, it, uh, I mean, so first off, I'll, I'll do, I'll say this. So I really am normally done 
or not done, I guess. We've actually been having a lot more tournaments in these last two years to fish later into the fall. But I, dude, I'm a tournament dude. Like I'm fishing a lot of the time I'm fishing to fish tournaments. And, uh, anyways, <laughs> what our fish really end up doing is they get deep. A lot of them get deep right now. Like it's, it's good. Like November can be a really good month and you can catch fish on top. You can catch, still kind of catch fish on top. And, and then you kind of are working into cranking and reaction style baits. And then as we get into this late fall winter pattern, it's a lot of, uh, I mean, deep blade baits dropping on them, um, drop shot, like they get deep, man. They just go sit in holes and, uh, they'll, they'll be kind of all at the same depth, at least the smallmouth and the spotted bass is what I'm talking about. Um, but that's uh, that's kind of what what I've seen over the last couple of years. Again, I, normally I was I was hunting all this time of the year, um, but these last couple of years there's been more and more tournaments going into our late fall, and that's that's how they're won is normally deep. So, like you, you mentioned, like a top water and drop shot, but like, what does your front deck usually look like this time of year? This late in the year, it's all deep stuff. Hmm. Early like, November is kind of what I was referring to. 30 like this local lake right here horse tooth like they were all in so turner went and fished on saturday with his uh blown motor so he's fished right close to the ramp uh and he's, <laughs> anyways he uh he was catching them all out of 35 35 to 45 which is uh that's pretty standard i mean it's like a it's an inland reservoir and they'll uh you can catch them deeper than that and catch them shallower than that you can catch them on an a-rig in 20 or something but uh that seemed to be where the majority of the population was sitting in those holes man anywhere where there was a gut or some sort of a basin that was a hole. Yeah. So like, when do you usually out in Colorado, when do you guys usually ice up? Man, it, it is always a gamble. Uh, dude, we have such weird weather patterns here these last couple of years, but normally we're not icing up until I want to say you're looking at late December, January, January timeframe. And then like safe ice, like if you're going to go ice fishing, um, in the mountains and stuff, you'll be on the ice in, in January, you'll be on the mm -hmm. ice probably late December here. Um, so but as like far as like February, maybe it, sometimes on like closer to these front range lakes and dude, sometimes there's like, like Pueblo, which is a little bit South of us. Like that has to be a hard year to freeze. Like it'll be, you know, you'll have ice in the mornings and stuff like that skim ice and that kind mm -hmm. of a thing. But like there's been times where guys can go out there in January, but normally, like I would say, you're you're kind of iced up in that January time frame. I'd say we're we're pretty similar. Really? Here, I mean, but I, I will say, yeah. So like last year, Andy and I were we were catching smallmouth in early January, still like on open water. Uh, we didn't really get ice, I'd say, until like late January, really. But like, but I'll say it's end of November, and I had to break ice to get out to go fish on Saturday. Yeah, that's so, I think if, we're, if we st if we keep on par with what we're going, we, I mean, granted, we've had some days that are like low to mid forties, which is hard when you're in that building for ice that ice stage. But like, I mean, sure. Andy, do you th do you think this might be an earlier ice year, or do you think we're kind of on par to last year? And Joe, feel free to butt in too, because I know you're always up this way. Obviously, I'm thinking. Um, it, it's weird because we have like three different climate zones right here in Western New York, right? Like. Where we're at in Buffalo, we tend to stay warmer, so it takes longer for the ice to develop. But when you start getting down into the southern tier, it gets cooler quicker. So, like, 
areas. We'll throw a lake out there that a lot of people probably won't know. And it's a ice fishing lake, Loon Lake, right down in Steuben yeah. County. That one is always traditionally the first lake to freeze. And I look at it as when that lake has ice, everything else is three weeks behind. So three weeks, three weeks later, every other lake in the area <coughs> will probably have ice. Because that's mm-hmm. like down in a valley in the mountains. Um, the earliest I have ever been on ice on a lake fishing is like a week and a half after Thanksgiving. So the first thing, wow. like December 10th, I've been on ice on a Lake Ontario Harbor. That was probably seven years ago. But on average, it's probably right around Christmas is when it starts getting good. 100%. Uh, I've never walked on the ice really before Christmas since I was a little kid. Like it's been quite a while since we've had safe ice since, you know, pre-Christmas. But I mean, I remember a lot of like I'm 35. I remember a good many Christmases, 30 and 35, 30, 25 and 30 years ago where we were ice skating on Christmas. So it's like, mm, you know, like, but now never would I be able like that it's it's not like a fear of ice it's just never would i be able to get on the ice before christmas right Um, what i've actually started to notice too is like sometimes we don't build as much ice as we used to either Mm -hmm. um and uh i dude like i want to say what was it two or three winters ago i might only ice fish for three weeks Am I losing my mind? Do you guys remember that? Was it two or three winters ago? It was like a short season because it like we had like a warm February and then it was a little cold again in March or something. But it oh, was, was that like, the year talking about Oneida? Like people kept falling through in like January. That happens all the time, though. <laughs> like, yeah, but like that that winter was like uncharacteristic. Uncharacteri- I can't even talk. It was just really warm that winter. Yeah, yeah, it was it, uncharacteristically it was warm. That that's what I was trying to get to, but. I, it, it didn't want to come out, so <laughs> yeah. I struggle sometimes with big words when my. Voice I think is it's crackling. kind of funny that the three of us all come from like very similar climates. I mean, obviously, you you two up top have been close for a while, but like the fact that we're in like, dude, I live four hours from you guys, and Deacon lives what fourteen hours from oh, us. Oh, buddy, no, we're talking about probably like 21, 22. Yeah, like at least. Sorry. (laughs) It's far, I get it. It's far. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, Stay Uh, over there, bud. That's really really insane, though, that we all see similar water temps. It is, dude. And you guys have way bigger fish. But, like, also, too, it's a lot. We have a lot drier climate, right? Like, as far Mm -hmm. as, like, humidity or, like, and you guys, right, like, around Buffalo, don't you guys get, like, the most snowfall, like, out of, freaking everywhere because it we get both like, lake effects, the, so. yeah isn't that yeah. That's what i've heard is comes off the lake or something yeah it's like so some inches a year in, in general relative relativity of snowfall buffalo averages about 100 inches a year where oneida lake is just north of there they average about 160 to 180 inches a year on the doug hill plateau oh if you go up to watertown which you pass through when you went to the st lawrence open they average yep. about 180 190 so they double what we get in Buffalo. That's freaking crazy. Yeah. Dude, that that east end of Lake Ontario gets a bananas 
Because Lake Ontario never freezes. It's always open, and there's always yeah. a west wind. Always. <laughs> Just rips. Yeah, Dude, like, uh, there is more snowmobile trails there than you can shake a stick at. Like, people come 21 hours to go <laughs> snowmobiling. Like, it's crazy. Like, no, they do, though. Like, no joke. Like, there are more, and there are more ice fishing hutches sold at like dealerships and all kinds of places. Like my one buddy owns a shop uh, that is a phenomenal place to buy Japanese fishing tackle on Oneida. He's like, dude, I don't even know why I sell this stuff. He's like, I make way more money from people traveling from all over the country to fish here in the winter. He's like, just from selling shanties and all kinds of stuff. Like, like, dude, I mean, dude, Lakeside Tackle is the coolest shop. Great mm-hmm. stuff. None of that stuff he can, like, really can even sell. He's like, everyone goes there to go ice fishing. I'm like, that blows my mind. Like, blows my mind. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, Lakeside is legit. Dude. Crazy, our buddies over there. Yeah. Crazy story driving on 81 North to Pulaski. Steelhead fishing in, like, February a couple years ago. I leave Buffalo. It's like 38 degrees, like clear skies. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a breeze. Two hours, two and a quarter will be there because I'm doing 90 down to 90. So I, <laughs> I round 81 north and head northbound. And I'm like probably about a mile behind a semi. No lake effect warnings, nothing on the radar. But all of a sudden I can feel my truck starting to move from a west wind. I'm like, Frank. Pull up the radar because we're about to hit some snow. I just have this funny feeling because it like got darker. Weatherman Andy coming in. Literally, <laughs> as I said that, the semi in front of me that's about a mile away disappears. Yeah. Just gone. I can't see it. <laughs> the next time I see it, I'm three feet from it. I almost rear end it because it was snowing so hard. They got three feet of snow in four hours. And that's the ice, cool. the ice king. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, but that's it not was uncommon either. Like I don't it's why we don't check the weather in the summer up there either. What's the point? It's yeah. never what it they say it's gonna be. I mean, Bailey, you were up there for that derby. It was what it was supposed to be, not a. And I'll tell you this: it wasn't the weather it was supposed to be for the entire month leading up to that St. Lawrence Open. Yeah. You don't check the weather that far, like no. that. That side is bananas. It, the rule of thumb is like two days. <laughs> this is this comment is so damn true about Andy Cosmich that uh, says that. Andy can smell a west wind at 15 miles per hour three days in advance. Oh, and I swear to God, Andy will be just sitting on the water, just flick his finger and feel the air, and he'll tell you the next forecast for eight hours. A <laughs> cloud's going to be where in the sky. I'm usually pretty close, I would say. Usually. Do you guys know Dude. Kyle? Yeah, I, I Kyle actually came and fished with me in April for his birthday. Kyle's a good awesome. dude, yeah. I think yeah, we caught like a hundred and twenty. Like the cutest kid in the world. I love when he brings yeah. his kid on, on like BFL stage and stuff. Like super nice yeah. guy. Yeah, That's I awesome. love Kyle. Great people. Yep. Andy, I think I remember every uh in our group chat like last year gearing up for lead events and talking about fantasy fishing and everything. Like every every event we'd be getting to, he'd be like, Oh well, like guys, did you see the forecast? Like, like the storm they're getting, like they're gonna like, get this one's gonna flood. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Dude, Andy knows like every in and out of lakes that are like across the country. I'm like, where did you take the time to learn this? Because you've never fished out of New York State. Dude, and it's, it's just it's the weirdest thing. Andy's Andy's like, especially with our fantasy fishing, we're like a newscast. We're like Andy's our weatherman. He gives like everything that's gonna come out no of the No longer screen. Captain the Weatherman. Like we, we have right? some of like nicknames like Andrew we'll just call the Weatherman. Mr. Burgundy. I just need a glass of scotch and we're ready to go. And a red velvet suit. Yeah. Like, sign me up. <laughs> and, and oh, I think we're going to go yogging. Yogging, yes. I think yogging. it's a soft J. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Soft J. Well, Andy, Andy, when do you, because I know you fish. Glass no. case of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> Baxter. This has gotten very off topic, and I'm fucking. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is uh, I can't wait to go back and pause this stream for Joe's face during that. <laughs> That'll be meme meme worthy. <laughs> Literally. Oh no. That's so funny. Took my eyes are closed. I was like, <laughs> "Thanks, Andrea." Like. <laughs> Oh, that's man. why I said that's why I take 45. Yeah. So Andy, getting back to fall fishing here. Uh, because I know obviously this year for guiding for you, and I know you still had fish a lot like in, in previous years, but like you're very heavy this year because you're guiding for it. But I know in recent years you've spent a lot of time on the boat throughout the winter as long as there's open water. Mm-hmm. So you're very familiar with temperature drops and all that kind of jazz. Uh, especially, you know, apparently being that your new proclaimed name as the weatherman. But uh, like when you see these temperatures come out of the transition and really starting to drop, what is like the, your biggest adjustment you make? Like when fish start to move and get into that fall pattern, go shallow as possible. First move. I want to go shallow because those fish are coming up to feed. Okay. So on the great lakes, especially like there's this big missed opportunity to catch shallow fish and they're only there for a short period of time before they go back up, before they slide back out deep. So, like, prime temperature range, like, first drop is 62 to about 50. And then once it gets below 50, it starts getting a little harder, and they start sliding back out too deep. But, I mean, you saw it, what was it, two weeks ago, we went on the river, and it was just insanity. Mm-hmm. And the water temp wasn't even that cold. I think it was 58. Yeah. And we could catch them on whatever. In right. six to eight foot of water. So like when those temperatures like now, especially late fall, and they get into like that mid forty range when things start really getting cold, I mean, I feel like at that point, and correct me if I'm wrong, but fish aren't really moving as much as they're more kind of getting closer knit together. So people correct. might think they move, but really they're just kind of getting into a smaller space, yep. less less uh, spread out on a, on a larger area. If that makes any sense, absolutely. So like, it's because all the baits doing that. Right. Yeah. That's because bait's kind of getting more central located too. So like what from there, I mean, are you just say like you find them in one area the one day, you go to that next area, that area the next day, they're not there. I mean, what, what adjustments are you making? Are you just getting on the graphs and going looking until you find them or how, what, what adjustment do you make? So if I'm catching them shallow, let's call it a flat. I'm going to look for the tightest bunch contour lines closest to that flat I possibly can and go there first. And I'm going to start in the shallow side of it and work my way out to like find them in that area. Because usually like pre-spawn, when it comes to pre-spawn, 
they do the same thing as they're moving out of the wintering holes. They'll come to these tight bunch contour lines to come up into a spawning flat. In the fall, it's the exact opposite. They use the same runways to go back out to the wintering hole. So just reading maps, understanding wind and current, where those fish are going to move to, and you can catch them just as well. You just have to find them, spend some time trapping. The yeah, triangle yeah. theory, BP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so deacon kind of kind of the same question for out in your area like when you see those temperatures really start to tank i mean when you have your fish you know you're on them but you see that these temperatures are changing what movements are you making with your lakes when it starts dropping hard yeah like dude honestly it has been such a weird weird year like these fish seemed like they stayed in the summer cycle and are still there like it is they're they're just there. Like as far as if, if I see temps dropping quick like that, I'm probably gonna start going shallow too. Like I'm not gonna go super shallow, but like they're that they seem to kind of pull up and it's it's all bait oriented. That's the biggest advice that I have for fall fishing is that like they are they are gonna go where the bait fish are. And if there's shad in the back of pockets because something's going on or there's a die-off going on in this pocket and not that one, like that's where the fish are gonna be. And so I don't I I'm I probably am not experienced enough in the fall to sit here and say when there's a super big drop, that's what I'm going to do. I just, I live by a couple of things in the fall and that's find the bait. And that is not everywhere on the lake has them. It's weird. Like parts of the lake are dead. And then there's parts where they are so grouped up. It's not even funny. And you're like, Oh my gosh. And it's not just like, sometimes it's more than just the bass. You're just like, there's all, everything is alive in this pocket. Like yeah, in this, more in this yeah. 10, 10 yard stretch of weeds. Yeah. Like, and that's, and that's like, that's my mindset in the fall. Um, but I just, I don't do it enough to be super advanced in it. That's just what I'm looking for. Heck yeah. Joe, you got anything to add on top of that? Yeah. My favorite thing to do is to keep her on the trailer and put on the waders. Like it's time to go. Saw that slimers. <laughs> waders and then a, an ice pack for, after fishing with Andy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need, yeah. I need to ice pack my, my, uh, Right. Well, he gave me a good clean kick and you know <laughs> that's good no i mean like there are several and i like this has only been like a four or five year thing that i've been doing like there are several years where i hit oneida very hard in the fall i hit cayuga very hard in the fall and like what i think is always really the coolest is uh both of those lakes have um a lot of creeks or rivers that feed or outflow them. Okay. So uh, they're both very different. Like Oneida has a major inflow and a major outflow and Cayuga has a lot of those smaller like feeder creeks. Right. And what you really start to notice because the trout do this too, is if you follow the bait, you will find those fish. And so many, so many of, of the different bait forages in both of those bodies of water, and they're very different in both of those bodies of water, even though they're only like 40 miles apart. Um, once you find them, you can have the day of your life on Spotlock. We didn't have Spotlock back then on the old Fortrex, but uh, <laughs> you can. You could have the absolute day of your life, and they're not stupid deep, and they're not all, they're not usually like stupid shallow. Like you can't catch them in the dirt. But, like, in that four to, like, ten-foot range, like, there are days that you can have that, like, 
if you're trying to impress a lady out on the water, you can take (laughs) her out and she'll think that's what you do for a living all the time. It's super easy. Like cast after cast. So, uh, I mean, I've had those days. It's just like not been my thing for like four or five years now. Right. Oneidas, I think is the coolest because it's so neat how like all of a sudden like a light switch boom there are no fish that can be caught in the lake it is wild like they just go east and west out to the out to the rivers and you can go and then you can catch 27 pounds of smallmouth in those rivers on spot lock and it'll be like that until they are post spawn again like it is not uncommon I mean, there are, there are six months out of the year where there's 27 and a half pounds of smallies in the East end and West end river. Like they spend more time as, as much or more, uh, probably more time in those rivers than they do in the lake. Wow. It's crazy. Wow. Probably just makes them locals really it's mad. It's <laughs> What'd you say? So we probably just made some locals really mad. <laughs> No, I mean, dude, it's common knowledge. Like, I mean, it took me like a year or two to like figure that out. Like, it took me like a year. But like all the tournaments go out of like the manor on the east end or they go out of the, oh man, what's that like brickyard that I launch out of in the river and when they're spawning. Like, dude, I would say out of the last five years, the cash in like weigh and release tournament that they have um in May is not run it's not one on the lake. Like <laughs> it took me a little while to figure that out. I had to bomb first to like before somebody told me. They were like, Hey dude, you didn't even know that. And like I remember I crossed the lake to like go to this little pocket one year in May, and it was like five footers on the lake. And I just ran troth, dead to the other side, got in this pocket where I thought I could catch 25 pounds of largemouth. And, like, you know, I, I, I didn't catch that. But we, like, came in, brought our numbers in after four and a half hours, and they were going to take us out of the bracket after that. And I told, I said to somebody, I'm like, how did those guys catch 27 and a half pounds of smallies? They're like, they were the first one to that spot on the river. I was like, you guys are fishing in the river? <laughs> no yeah, shit. I don't know. I didn't realize. <laughs> Another meme worthy meme worthy face from Jim tonight. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm a ball of expressionism. Like we should hang out more, Bailey. <laughs> I second that. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Any anything else that maybe we should add for the late fall? Because like I feel like relatively the late fall, early winter can be tough as nails but i think and how to catch them or find them is pretty straightforward it's really just a lot of searching until you find them and typically when you find them you're on them for the rest of the day yep yep any disagreements move fast but slow way down when you get in the early winter Mm -hmm. so like move fast in terms of covering water but slow down in terms of presentation correct okay i'd agree with that is it is it like a drop shot slow for a lot of you guys, or are you like bottom contact slow? Yeah, are you in a Kytec or an A rig or a football jig? I really like a yeah, football that's jig. That's what I was kind of hoping. Say. Sorry, See, I forgot you're actually on this side. I will say I don't have good success with a football jig. I don't Not know why. Queen tackle I, one with no I, guard. 
I, I'll say on the Great Lakes, I use it and I like, but it's it's more of a finesse football jig. I I struggle. I mean, I understand like bass, like crawfish, right? Like they're they're opportunistic, but like, dude, I am with you, Bailey. I struggle throwing a jig in the fall, like. I am going to be drag. It may be dragging a Kitech, like literally like a crawfish on the bottom, but like that is how I catch him. And I don't know why, but I, I've tried throwing a football jig very slowly in the fall. Well, when I say football jig, I mean one of those. Yeah. Itty, itty, a little spider jig. Kitech one. Yeah. Exactly. Like if the water is 50 to 55, you can get away with a bigger one. But once it dips below that, it's an old little guy. Fighter has a really good video just throwing that out there. I don't, I don't know who he did it for. Probably did wired like a fish. fall baits things. Was it Omnia? I'm probably wired to fish. It might have been. Yeah, I bet it is wired to fish. Actually, his top wired five to fish fall or baits. Omnia. But it's and he lo- he talks about about the football jig a lot. Yeah, and I know people wreak havoc on it, and I think, and it, if I'm being quite frank, I don't throw it a lot. I think it's more just because that a rig and that swim bait bite is so addicting that it's hard to get away from. But I also think in terms of like big fish and numbers of fish, you're not going to beat that pattern. I think I'd rather take, you know, chances at giants and numbers throwing that versus dragging a jig for another, well, chance, like a same chance, the same chance at a, the giant that could catch with a swim bait or an A-ring. Well, here's the deal. Wouldn't Do we that... know anybody that throws these in the winter? Is that a dress? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Hofig. Uh, Kurt glides. That's the uh, swim bait underground depths. But yeah, boy, who, who does? Sorry, I stopped listening. Kerho Fig. He's been throwing it uh, in New York. Throws it right, throwing it right now and catching pretty good smallmouth, too. Cool. Yeah. I'd love, I, I got to follow him. Joe, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I highly encourage it because you might want to get a guy trip with that guy. Not to take you away from Andy and all your guys' fun of Andy beating up on Andy's you, like, but- all right. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, fun. We'll just, we'll take Andy out for a second so he can't yeah. hear us. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> no. Joe's got everything people. he needs from me. So, like, he's probably not going to come back. If he does, we're going to go fun fishing. So, yeah. But, no. like, that episode, Kurt was talking about big salmon on top water. That sounded insane. Like, in the winter. In like thirty-five degree water temps. No way. Yeah, yeah. like we're doing that. <laughs> he has, like he has said, he has proof. He won't go yeah. trout fishing with you, Andrew. But he'll. He's like salmon on no. top water. <laughs> Atlantic <laughs> salmon fishing. Like I'm like I'm in. If I'm gonna catch a big old slimer on a like on a bone colored spook or something, sign me up. Like that sounds like fun. Dude, uh, Oliver would follow me to the gates of hell if I told him we could go do that somewhere. Big Bass Dreams would be there with like five <laughs> person crew, everybody Dude. with their flat rims on. They'd all be filming like oh he'd be you all should about. contact you should legitimately contact Kurt because I think he'd be all in. He just started like Andy, he just started yeah. guiding on the finger lakes this year. He'd be all in on that. Yeah. That'd help his guide business tremendously. Oh, for oh sure. we'd all, dude, we'd all show up there. Like, I mean, Oliver hit me up the other day. He's like, dude, we got to film like, a, or, or not film, but we got to uh, plan like a family vacation to like catch some salmonoid species. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm down. Like, come on, buddy. Like, let's go. And, but he's like, but I want to catch them on hard baits. So I'm like, I think this is just math, easy math here that our, our I know when to do stars it. Stars are aligning. Yeah, it sounds like it. 
You guys go out there. I'll follow along in the Hobie. I'll be there eventually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, just your my buddy sent me a, a video of him paddling his Hobie. I assume yours has like a the three sixty steering thing. Yeah. So he told me his Hobie had three sixty, and then he sent me a picture of his graph. So I'm like. Why don't you have the 360 screen? Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, no, not that kind of 360. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yep. oh, I didn't even know this existed. I have, I have 720. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a dumb dad joke. But uh, yeah, let's – At least I knew <laughs> that one now. Let's, uh, let's, let's start wrapping it up here because uh, we've been going for a while. But uh, I think one thing to be mentioned before we get into this last segment of tonight's show – is that uh, we are off for the rest of this week after tonight. We're going to let uh, let things ride and let, uh, enjoy the week for Thanksgiving with family and such. Uh, go fishing, all that jazz. But, you guys uh, will still be pretty active on Instagram, though. I'm oh, sure. yeah. Well, I mean, we'll be on social and all that jazz, but we're just there's not going to be any more, show, uh, any more shows this week. We'll pick back up next week. Video, uh, video Sunday. Video when, Sunday. When's video Adam? Sunday, sorry. We have a video Sunday evening that Deacon's going to put out, but we have – nice. What Monday Night Live next week, uh, who we have Mr. Josh Bertrand coming on. Uh, so that'll be a good one. And, uh, and that's I, just I, me and Deke, right? That's you and Deacon. And I might try to tune in from the Sabres game that I'm going to. Oh, wow. Which will be interesting. I can oh, get, dude, I can... dive into the comments and really heckle them with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I may have to do that. I can be on the other end of the, a podcast for once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, either way, that should be a lot of fun. But uh, I think to to wrap it up tonight, let's uh, go around the room and uh, do a what you're thankful for off the water and on the water from this past year. And uh, Deacon, if you want to kick us off, my friend. Oh boy! All right, pressure's on. Thankful for we got Thanksgiving. So uh, I'll start with the off the water man. Um, this year, I would say the biggest thing has been uh, probably relationships through the fishing industry with guys like you guys um, building stuff is is a blast. I mean, with Joe um, and then Andy and Bailey's been a longer time, but like, man, I just I love how much this industry uh, creates kind of friendships and stuff, and it's a uh, it makes it fun. So that's probably what the, I'm most thankful for in 2021 is uh, the relationships from the fishing world. Um, off the water on the water man um it was a blast to fish the first year of the toyota series in the in the centrals uh i was thankful to be able to do that and um kind of went the independent contractor route work-wise so that i could have more time to do that and it also has given me a lot more time to focus on even team tournament local stuff here um i've noticed you know a uh, higher level of success and all that and anger of the year and all that just because um having Ooh. some of that pressure off time wise so it's been fun yeah, man. I will say, uh, uh, your point of, you know, making connections and such, uh, I will say you're damn good at it. Cause we, we met for the first time in person at the classic, uh, introduced you to some folk. We walked around and saw some booths and you're very good at connecting, uh, with new, with new people. So obviously that's why we have you here on the show. Cause we've all connected and, uh, it's, I will say for the folks, Adam is very good and he's very business savvy. Uh, so it's been very nice to have Adam aboard because he's helping us out take this uh, podcast to a, a new legitimate level. Uh, so that means big stuff in store for 2022. And uh, these two here, <laughs> yeah, here are a huge part in that. So thank you both. Uh, uh, thanks for the kind words, man. 
Just, yeah, of course. And I'll, Hold I'll on, go let me next, just say, gonna... I got to interrupt because I'll forget. Dude, you just said the guy who runs the business from the Bass Boat podcast is very business savvy. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm just adding more respect to the Two and two, really Joe, come on. Two and two. <laughs> it's respect to the name, man, all right? We, we got to reinforce it. Okay, all right. All right. So that's what you were doing. I got it. My bad. Maybe I was slow to, to catch on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will go next because we're going to make Andy and Joe go last. Nice. Uh, oh, we'll make Joe go last. <laughs> we'll make Joe go last. Yeah, the best for last. Yes, the best for Exactly. Um, you said it. <laughs> I think off the water, it's been an insane year. I think it's been the year of the most growth or most advancements in my entire life. Uh, have my first place to myself with my fiance, who's probably listening annoyed out there on the couch somewhere. Uh, and then I got my first legitimately full-time job working in the fishing industry, which That's has been cool. absolutely awesome so far. Uh, and then, like Deacon mentioned, you know, making our podcast merge together and uh, trying to grow this platform. And we have such amazing viewers and fans that tune in on the daily, like Joe yourself, which is actually how we met. So I'm appreciative of that as well. No, that's not. Well, kind of. It was more like the boomer thing. Uh, both. They, they intertwine. They intertwine. Yeah. But uh, and then for On the Water, uh, it's been a wild one for that as well. Uh, started the year off with. While while local had three uh, wins in a row, which was a nice way to lead into the year, fished the uh, first ever Bass Kayak Classic, which was fun. Uh, yeah. Working the Classic, it was a good time. And then uh, broke two PVs in a year within the last three weeks, really. Not really the year, but the past three weeks has been kind of hectic. Uh, with a 7-2 largemouth, and then obviously finally breaking the smallmouth PV, the 6-10. Got the hot hand. Six-pound club, bud. Yeah, about damn time. <laughs> Lives in New York for 24 years and just now finally hit six. All it took you was for you to move to Erie and to be here during the fall. Yeah, most I gotta love the Buffalo, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's been an insanely good year and uh, credit to a lot of people. So one of those guys that's a huge part of that is next, Andy Full. Oh, thanks, buddy. Um, no, it's been awesome. I'm I'm so pumped that you live in Buffalo. So first of all, that is one of the things that I'm thankful for. Second, this is our episode 154 together since you invited me on to be a part of the Serious Angler channel. So I'm very thankful for that opportunity and you bringing on this big bearded dummy who just absolutely loves slays fish fishing. And um, 154 Yeah, (laughs) way too many. No, it's been a hell of a Hell of a ride here with you so far, and now we got Adam on. So uh, the sky's the limit for us, and I can't. Yeah. I really look forward to the next 154, and hope we uh, continue to have tremendous growth. And I'm extremely thankful for that. Uh, second thing I am thankful for is my beautiful and wonderful wife for letting me um, quit my desk job and to pursue full time captaincy and guide life which is probably like the most difficult thing ever because I stress Ooh. out about trips on like a daily basis. Yeah, and you do. <laughs> besides that, like my other sli- my other saying is uh, delivering vaccines and uh, pharmaceuticals to nursing homes and killing grannies one day at a time. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's hope your boss is in a rush. I feel gosh. terrible about it. Oh my goodness. 
<laughs> One day at a time. We're working through it. Hold on. We're, we're just, we're just, kidding. We're just kidding. <laughs> Get him out of here. I work in get, PR. That's a bad job. look for us. <laughs> yeah. it, it's really just a joke. Like, we're really making the world a better place. So on the side, I deliver pharmaceuticals and vaccines. <laughs> it's just a joke. Um, no, literally. <laughs> but um, that's what I do on the side. But most uh, most importantly, my wife the, for allowing me to take the step and my family being extremely supportive and all my friends. So I can't thank you guys enough. Heck yeah. Adam, so, he made us look bad because he thanked his wife. Yeah, I messed up there. I wouldn't be in the position right that I Thank am with so much for I'm letting take all this time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to screw around with my friends online. <laughs> yeah, right. so, yeah, so sorry about the, the nursing home joke because I feel really bad about that now. But... <laughs> it was funny. It always feels bad about the wrong thing. I know. The Dude, he, he was he was he had like three hours of sleep in three days and like our recent episode, I caught him like falling asleep in his chair for a second <laughs> and I teased him afterwards and he was apologizing. I was like, dude, no, that was the funniest thing ever. Yeah. Like, I was just sitting here like <laughs> yeah. tuned in and I'm just like. <laughs> yeah. It was like good. three or four times. <laughs> it was brutal. But oh, I yeah, still right stayed in June enough that cough was <laughs> uh, to ask questions. Yeah, then I went to the Bills game yesterday for no reason and lost my voice. So, yeah. yeah. <sighs> I think everyone who's listening hopefully didn't have headphones on in high volume. Yeah. When you just hacked into the microphone. Oh, right the there. I'm so sorry. You side. just coughed into it. You were just like right into the microphone. Like, here, there guys, he goes. Look at him now. I got it that time. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's good. <laughs> that is good. All right. Best for last. Joe LaBarbera. Let's hear Well, it. first off, I got to thank my mama. Yeah, really, really looking bad now. But, <laughs> um, but no, no, no. Like, honestly, that's that. My mom is my number one supporter um, by far always has been like um my if my mom wouldn't have co-signed on my house i wouldn't have been able to buy it like financially she doesn't help me but like but i couldn't have they the bank wouldn't have given me the loan like i can afford to pay for it but like they just the way those loans work you have to have a certain income to buy a certain thing and you know my mom's never helped me the only thing she's ever co-signed on uh, were my student loans and I never thought she'd say yes. So I got as prepared as possible, like with all the materials I needed. And, uh, I still thought she'd shoot me down, but at least I could feel like I did everything I could because I knew financially I had a breakdown to afford this place. And, uh, she went, okay. And I went, what? Um, there's another expression for you, but uh, so I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm very, very thankful. That, yeah, exactly. I'm very, very thankful, um, to have, to have her in my life. She lives three blocks away from me. We work about 150 yards apart. Like we have lunch together a lot. Uh, yeah, death meds. Um, he's not, not paying attention. Like, just leave it up there. Just leave it up there. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I mean, good. so we get to have lunch and stuff. My relationship with my mother is is awesome. Like, 
Um, she's encouraging me to, uh, to continue to grow some of my relationships that are very fruitful. Um, she's very business savvy. She's an attorney. Um, you know, so I've had a lot of questions for her recently as I'm prepping for next year and, um, some very big, uh, business changes that are probably happening with the company right here. Um, and, and my mom has done a ton of research and it very much is on board and she's like very hesitant about, you know, me thinking about considering a different career path. She likes that I have a career and that I have a fishing business and she's rethinking that. And, and just, just the fact that she's that supportive is huge. Um, yeah. So like that's, that's the off the water stuff, mom and house, um, on the water, to be honest, like, I'm just very thankful that I've built a platform and a business that I no longer feel like I have to prove myself. I had a few hard years where put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, and I, I just, I didn't fish as well. And now because of the role I play with Alpha Angler Rods and with so many of my other uh, companies that have partnered with me, dude, it's, I'm able to just go out there and have a good time. I can fall off the dock and still recover. And that's something. <laughs> <laughs> that's Word of the wise, bring two sets of clothes. Right. <laughs> but like in the past, dude, I, I wouldn't have been able to recover from something like that um, because I, I just place, I used to place so much value in what I thought it looked like wherever I finished. And like, dude, now, honestly, like there are days where I'd rather come in with zero than come in with five for five pounds. Like I'm not going to audible. I, I make choices that I'm very happy with, but like, I'm not going to audible to something to like save face. Like I don't have to save face anymore. I don't feel like I have anything to prove finishes wise. Now it's just like, just keep plugging away and see where the cards um, fall. So I'm really thankful I was nice able to come to an attitude um, and a place in my, in my life where I'm just going to go out there and swing. Cause like Deacon said earlier, winning is everything. And that is the only thing I really care about right now. Like I don't care if I finish a hundredth, I would have rather finished last, like, but trying to win. Um, Cause top tens right now are what gets you to the elite series, like Jonathan Kelly, Ike and Ellie and, uh, what's it red wine average 17th so you have to try to get in the top 10 every time Mm -hmm. so like i'd rather finish 100th trying to get in the top 10 than if or i'd rather finish 225th trying to get in the top 10 than finish 100th like i have zero i don't care to save face anymore and finish 100th that doesn't mean anything to me and that would have made me cry for eight hours driving home in years past um so that's big it's big um, i got a lot of great things in life and and I, i've grown a, a huge circle like you three i feel like i feel like i talked to one of you three probably like and probably close to twice i would say three people total of five phone calls a week like it's pretty much come to that and i mean that's amazing i don't know i have a giant giant conglomerate of like-minded dummies around me and and you guys are now part of that like-mindedness uh we're all we all have we all have issues and and it's the same issues and 
Like I, <laughs> We're I, all screwed. I, I, well, I mean, not to be like super lame, but like, I don't know, the friends I have now as an adult blow the friends away I had in high school. Like, <laughs> like these relationships I have now are what I always wanted as a kid. And um, I don't know, like I was too busy playing sports, like, and you weren't cool if you weren't like doing good that week, like at sports. So, I, I mean, nobody cares how I perform right here. You guys are there for me no matter what. And, and that's solid. Like, what more could you ask for? Man, I've, I've got, I've got it all. I, I think we all three of us could easily say I've got it all, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Sorry, Joe, if you don't make the uh, league series next year, it's just to you. Sorry. Just kidding. <laughs> We're gonna act like we never knew you. <laughs> Who's this guy? Yep. <laughs> Who's this jabroni? <laughs> right. No. No, well, well done, dude. And uh, I think it was, that was we're all good. And uh, I challenge everyone this time of year. And I say this mm-hmm. also because uh, some good friends that I've made through work uh, out in Wisconsin. I don't know if you guys have seen the whole. Uh, parade deal that uh, guy drove it in through the bra- uh, parade. Forty people, people got hurt. I didn't see this. Uh-uh. Yeah, that was out in Wisconsin, there. literally like ten minutes away from the headquarters of my company that I work at. Uh, and some people that I was friends with were, were there, and um, so I challenge people this time of year. I mean, those things kind of make you reevaluate your priorities in life, and you know, think about what actually matters. So it's a great time of year to do that. Uh, obviously, you know, thoughts go out to those in Wisconsin, but it's a great time to uh, remember what you're thankful for. So I think that was good to do tonight. And thank you guys for, uh, for uh, participating. And you guys, you three, like, I wish your families the best over the holiday for sure. Same to all you boys. You too, man. Yeah, yeah everybody. 100%. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably our perfect segue to sign off here tonight. Uh, before we get too sappy on this show. <laughs> yeah we got joe crying over here i think it's a uh, it's about oh time we yeah, that's good time. but uh either way i i uh, challenge those who are listening to uh uh you know think about what you're thankful for and you know if you're watching on youtube comment down below what you're thankful for we'd love to, to hear it hear your guys story and uh if you're listening on apple Podcasts, as always we ask that you leave a rating review but other than that folks we'll see you next monday thank you guys Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.